This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, turn with me in Matthew chapter 27, verse 24. My sermon message is called The Men Who Missed Easter. Uh, One Christmas, a few Christmases ago, I shared a message about the three people who missed Christmas. The busy innkeeper missed Christmas, King Herod missed Christmas, and the religious leaders missed Christmas. And today I want to tag on to that, uh, the two people who missed Easter. Matthew 27, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead of an An uproar was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us this morning to hear what you're trying to tell us. Lord, help me to hear as well. Lord, give me the ears to hear and, Lord, the spirit to act on that. In Jesus' name, amen. I love sharing this story. I've shared it a few times, Uh, but a long time ago, I can't remember, maybe 10 years ago, I had to go on a trip, and quite honestly, I'd never heard of the place before this trip, and so I knew I had to fly into Phoenix, so I flew into Phoenix, got in a van with a bunch of coworkers, and off we went to Sedona. I had no clue where Sedona, Arizona was, and so off we went. And so uh, I had the opportunity to play golf there. If you ever had an opportunity to play golf in Sedona, you, you must. You know, on the, on the 18th hole, on my 12th shot, I got to see the, uh, it's true, uh, the, red, uh, the Red Rock Mountains in the backdrop. It was absolutely stunning and beautiful. A few days later, I flew home, and I was so excited to share the trip with my family. I pulled out an atlas. You remember what those are? No. And a uh, big book that I had and got to Arizona. And so I'm like, okay, we're Sedona. You know, I know we're near Phoenix. Is that's where I flew in. And I was shocked because, yes, I saw Sedona, but I saw another town right next to it that I was like, oh, my goodness. It was the Grand Canyon. And I had no clue I was close to the Grand Canyon. And in that time... The Grand Canyon was on my bucket list to go see the Grand Canyon. And if you've never seen the Grand Canyon, you should make that trip. Uh, It was was shocking. I was was this close to the Grand Canyon, you know, on the map. And I was was taken aback because I missed the opportunity. You know, who knows? And at that moment, I didn't know I would ever have the chance to go back to uh, Arizona and go visit the Grand Canyon. Since then, we visited twice. Uh, It's just beautiful. There was an opportunity that I had that I I missed. You know, I could have flown a day early, two days early, stayed a day later, uh, you know, and go visit the place. I have this uh, picture up of a person with blindfolded. You know, I don't know why I missed it. Okay, so there was one. But... uh, I don't know why I missed going. 
You know, was it uh, lack of intelligence? Hopefully not, it wasn't that. Uh, was it ignorance? Maybe I was, uh, you know, I can't remember the details. Maybe I was too proud to ask questions. You know, uh, we have a resident uh, Atlas right here, uh, informant, uh, Dr. Christopher. I could have asked Dr. Christopher about it. I didn't ask anybody. I just went. I didn't have people speaking into my life. I just, you know, I guess I didn't tell people I was going to Sedona. So you can call it blindness, but whatever the reason, I was very close, yet still far. And it comes to mind as we read the story, and you've read the story, and if you haven't read the story, just look in uh, John 18, Matthew 28. Uh, Pontius Pilate is now uh, front and center in the story, and Jesus is brought to him. And I will say that you cannot get any closer to Jesus than Pontius Pilate. He was, he was right there. He was this close. And yet he misses Jesus. Um, you know, Pontius Pilate is inquisitive. He asks questions. Uh, so it just tells me that, you know, he's, he's got a mind. Uh, he's a leader of a province for about 10 years, which tells me he has some intelligence. Uh, he has uh, a wife. In, in Matthew, it says that she warned him about judging him. And so if he was wise, he would listen to his wife. And so he has at least the ability to be wise. And then in John 18, in John's gospel, it, we see that Pontius Pilate was a thinker. He asked this question, are you really the king of the Jews? And all of the evidence was right in front of him. But he had an option, didn't he? He had an option. If you guys know the story, we're not going to read it. He had the option is to release a prisoner. And so he could, without you know, breaking any rules, he could release Jesus. Or the option there for him was Barabbas. And you have Jesus who is innocent and Barabbas who is caught to be uh, not innocent, and there you have, you have uh, Pontius Pilate trying to make a decision. And so he decides for Jesus to be crucified. But the question I have, and I, I'm asking you as well, why? Why did he choose Barabbas over Jesus? It doesn't make sense, does it? If you look at the, if you're just, if you're a smart thinker and you look at the evidence, you would think, this person is innocent, Jesus. And if you look at the evidence of Barabbas, you would say, this person is guilty. And we just told you, we, we just read that we know that Pontius Pilate must have had intellect. He had leadership abilities. He was a thinker. You know, he was probably incredibly wise, but something caused him to call Jesus to be condemned and to release Barabbas. And the way I look at it and I read the story, I see that he was swayed by the crowds. He was swayed by the crowds. He wanted to go with the flow with the crowd. And the crowd was calling for Barabbas, but um, maybe his mind was saying, well, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Uh, and, and so he capitulates. He says, okay. Even though there's evidence to prove that he's not guilty, 
I think there was more evidence to prove not only was he not guilty, but he was who he said he was. He was the king of the Jews. Creator of the world was right in front of Pontius Pilate. He stared right in his eyes. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's pretty close. But he missed him. He stared right into the eyes of love, and he missed it. He stared right into the eyes of forgiveness, and he missed it. He stared right in the eyes of holiness, and he missed it. He, he stood r- right in front of the eyes of eternal paradise, and he missed it. He blinked. He blinked. Why? Because of the crowd. The crowd decided the fate. Now, of course, we know that God has his plans, and plans were going uh, unfolding. But it could have unfolded with different characters in the, in the story, in the Bible. Pontius Pilate capitulated. Now, I will tell you this. I've been uh, around a crowd, and uh, some of you heard my story. One time I was at, at school at Western Carolina University, and um, I was trying to live for the Lord. I had some sort of a relationship with God, I thought, and I was with a crowd of people in my dorm, and we all went to go uh, party. I think you still call that, right? And, um, but I wanted to stand up for Jesus, and, but I couldn't. I remember being like questioned, are, are you that guy? I'm like, no, no, that's not me. I capitulate. I was really easily swayed by the crowd. And so was Pontius Pilate. So my challenge for you this morning on Easter Sunday is uh, don't be swayed by the crowd. Don't be swayed by the crowd. Now, it works both ways. If you're not someone who is claiming to have faith in Christ and you're here this morning, uh, you might be swayed by the crowd. And I'm telling you, don't be swayed by the crowd. All right? Because the crowd is not going to save you. It's Jesus. Now, when you look at crowd dynamics, there is some psychology going on, and I'm not a psychologist, and we have one in the room, so I'm going to be careful. Um, you, you begin to think, well, that seems plausible. If they're doing this, then maybe uh, it's plausible that I should do this. And so I imagine, I'm just trying to think like Pontius Pilate, like, if there's so many people yelling Barabbas, then they must know something that I don't. And so he falls prey to influence, crowd influence, peer pressure, whatever you call it, even though the evidence was right in front of him, looking at Adams face to face. The second person, a very interesting character, Judas Iscariot, many of you know, uh, uh, his, you, know, you, you know the story, how he betrays Christ. Matthew 26, it says this in verse 14. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver Jesus over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver, from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. Now, now, Judas was on the, I would say, the cultural inside. He was one of the followers 
one of the disciples of Jesus. So culturally, he was on the in. He was part of the in crowd, the Jesus crowd. And so, uh, but something happens here. You know, uh, he, we know from Scripture he was an ordinary man, and, and he gave everything up to follow Jesus. At least we thought we, he did. And he's one of the 12. And then um, something must have happened. You know, I, I identify with uh, Pontius Pilate, and I also identify with Judas. There are many times I've been just like him. But I imagine something happened in his head. He must have thought, I deserve better. You know, uh, I'm, not the, I'm not the top three. Maybe jealousy got involved. Or he thought maybe certain things should unfold in his life that weren't unfolding, at least the way he thought they should. You know, his journey with Jesus started out beautifully, but now um, something's going on. It reminds me of my life. I started off in a youth camp when I was 18. You know, I, I, got, I got saved and started off beautifully, but it uh, didn't take much for me to get off the path once I went to Western Carolina. A couple of things I think Judas, we could learn from is that maybe, maybe he had some questions and he never asked those questions to someone. He didn't have someone to be honest with. Uh, maybe he was struggling, you know, like, how does this make sense? You know, you know, like, we even had the discussion on Friday, on Good Friday. It's like, you know, Jesus said he was died three days, but Friday's only two days. You know, you know, but someone had the courage to ask that question, and we began to explain, you know, what, what that means and how, how is it three days. It's, to me, from what I'm reading, it doesn't look like he had any, he didn't take the opportunity to ask a question. He didn't open up. He didn't share about his pride or his fear, or uh, he maybe dwelled on his self-pity. We know that he does open up eventually in Matthew 27, 4, to the wrong people. Look what it says here in, in Matthew 27. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was actually condemned, that he was seized, and that he was seized with remorse, and returned the money back to the chief priest and the elders. Do you see what's happening? He says, I have sinned. So he's opening up, he's confessing to the wrong crew. I've sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. And their response is, what is it to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. I think uh, Judas was playing a game that I've played before. You try to uh, manipulate the system. And sometimes we do that, even in Christian circles. He had seen Jesus escape crowd after crowd after crowd. You know, when he was, all of a sudden they were going to try to capture him, and he, he escaped. He went to the next town. And, and Judas had saw that. So now he's thinking, I can make some money. I can do my part, and then Jesus will do his part, escape. And as soon as he recognizes that he's not escaping, he's remorseful. And he tries to give the money back. And so many times I found myself in that position where I thought I could manipulate the situation. 
But little do I, and, and think that I can handle the situation, thinking that I had the good advantage of the situation. But little did I know what I was trying to, I was basically handing Jesus over, away from my life. I've done that so many times as a young man. I think Judas misses Easter because he lost something. He lost vision. He lost purpose. Um, he had maybe uh, an insatiable desire for money that caused him to lose his integrity. I don't know. We're just, you know, we're just reading into the story, but I can, I can relate to him. You know, maybe he needed money for his family. But something I think clouded his vision is that he got lost and he didn't have the, the humility to say, I'm lost. Could have been blind ambition for money. But he had Jesus right in front of him. You can't get any closer. And he misses him. He misses who Jesus is and what he stood for. And just like Pontius Pilate, he missed it. Can you imagine if you're Judas, you saw thousands of people get fed, you saw miracles, you saw dead people come to life, you saw Jesus calm a storm. But Jesus never asked Jesus to calm the storm that was brewing in his mind and his heart. Maybe Judas thought, I've done too many bad things, and I've been there. Too many bad things, and, 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 and pride comes in. It's like, well, I, I can't, I, I won't be able to change. It's too much. You know, we sang this song about the chasm. It's too big. That's the one thing we love about Jesus. That's why we get excited about this song, is that we all were there. All of us in the chasm, for those who proclaim faith in Christ, it was too big. But Jesus made a way. And that's why we celebrate Easter. Jesus made a way. So this morning, I, I'm, I'm challenging everybody. So here's, here's the big challenge. You could be part of our church and come to every service and come to every meeting and you're just really following the crowd because you like the crowd. We're, I think we're nice people. Uh, we laugh at your jokes, corny jokes. What you do for me, um, you know. We tend to. We hopefully we're not stealing from anybody. We're being honest. Uh, we're people of uh, ethics and moral values, and 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 you like that, and I like that. But that's not why we follow Jesus. All right. Let me encourage you. If you're you're part of the Christian community and you haven't had uh, made that commitment to follow Christ. You need to look at the evidence. You need to pray and say, God, speak to me. I want to follow you, not just because of this awesome crowd that I'm around, but because I know without a shadow of a doubt in my heart that you are true. Or, you know, maybe you're like Judas, and it's like you see the evidence, but you choose not to do it because uh, the crowd's going a different direction. I will tell you that Jesus, and we sang this as... Uh, more than, uh, is worth more than money, following Jesus, cheap thrills. Uh, he's better than revenge. And, uh, and he's better than having, if, if you're somehow going to lose a, a good reputation, Jesus is still better than that. So this morning, on this Easter morning, 
We celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate that. Uh, we, and we don't believe he just figuratively uh, did that. We believe he physically died and he physically was raised from the dead. And so um, it's, it's not just a... Did I say figuratively? But it's not just something, like he didn't just die and we're just believing in good teachings. But let me tell you something. If he didn't raise from the dead, I wouldn't be here. All right? I'd be brunching somewhere in Midtown. But I do believe he's raised from the dead. Not just because somehow I've conjured in my mind. I've seen the evidence. And I, I've asked the Lord to reveal himself to me. And he has through Jesus Christ. And my life is... Um, uh, I find a peace that I never had before. And that you can have that too. So let's go ahead and uh, we'd like to close our eyes and pray. I'm going to ask Bryce to come on up. And Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would help us this morning not to miss you. Help us not to be missing you like Pontius Pilate did. He was so close. Had all the evidence in front of him. And Lord, or Judas, who was part of your culture, part of your, your family, but his spiritual cataracts were developed. Lord, I pray that this day, April 4th, 2021, that today we would re-examine where we are in our relationship with you. Lord, we, I, I want to publicly acknowledge that I am incredibly grateful and, in, and indebted for the rest of my life to serve you, a good king. And Lord, your ways are much better than my ways. I tried my ways. Not so good. So Lord, I pray, God, for anyone here who might be questioning. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them. That you would speak to them. I'm not going to ask anyone to respond in, uh, right now, but uh, if God's speaking to you, let me encourage you to, to, to don't do like Judas and not ask questions or Pontius Pilate and not ask questions, the right questions. Go ahead. You know, we can uh, do this together if you like. There's awesome people in our church that may not have all the answers, but we know where to get the answers. And ultimately, we know that the answer is through Christ, Jesus Christ. Let's just spend a moment, just, lit, just a moment of silence, and let's just ask the Lord to speak to us. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.